0: Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. If you haven't noticed, February is Black History Month. But the question is, is Black History Month racist? Well, from an article from the AP recently, it said President Joe Biden strongly affirmed Thursday that he will nominate the first black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court, declaring such historic representation is, quote, long overdue, unquote, and promising to announce his choice by the end of February. Now, in a White House ceremony making a moment of national transition, Biden praised retiring Justice Stephen Breyer who will have spent nearly 28 years on the high court by the time he leaves at the end of the term as a, quote, model public servant at a time of great division in this country, unquote. (laughs) And with that, the search for Biden's replacement is underway in full. Biden promised to uh, have a nominee worthy of Breyer's legacy and said he'd already been studying the backgrounds and writings of potential candidates. Side note here, what exactly is Justice Stephen Breyer's legacy? I mean, besides always voting for abortion whenever he can, what has he done that is of any significance in his 27 years on the Supreme Court? Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anything either. (laughs) So uh, what Biden is doing here is what is called affirmative action, because he's promised, obviously, to put a black woman on the Supreme Court. That's who he's going to nominate. Nobody else qualifies. Now, it is giving preferential treatment to those of a certain race and skin color. That's affirmative action we see it in many areas of our country today. If if you try to get accepted into a college or university, you have to take entry tests and and show your grades and they will even dive into your background. If you have Asian features uh, as as you know your physical appearance, you have to perform much better than others to to get accepted into those colleges and universities. Those colleges and universities allow black students though to perform worse on tests and still get an acceptance letter over other students of other races. Now this is equity over equality. And what do I mean by that? Well, equity is for instance 13% of the US is is black. So 13% of everything has to be black. If not, then this is what they say this is proof of racism. Now that's different than equality. Equality is equal opportunity. Everybody has the same opportunity to succeed. And we can see in like, for instance, government contracts and government grants. An article from the New York Times from January of 2021 said that Oregon earmarked $62 million to explicitly benefit black individuals and business owners. After convening several virtual meetings, the civic leaders proposed a bold, this is what they call it, a bold and novel solution that state lawmakers approved in July. The state would earmark $62 million of its $1.4 billion in federal COVID-19 relief money to provide grants to black residents, business owners, and community organizers enduring pandemic related hardships black residents make up about two percent did you hear that black residents make up about two percent of the state's population and yet it's 4.5 percent of the money other covid related uh funds were tailored in a way that allowed them to almost exclusively benefit particular racial and ethnic groups a $10 million fund created by the state that largely benefits undocumented Latino immigrants. In other words, illegal aliens. And one created by Portland officials to aid a district of largely Asian-owned businesses. Now, some are now calling this reparations. So it, it's interesting because I, I saw this article. and It was entitled Black History Month Isn't Racist. It's a form of reparations. That caught my eye. And they said, let's stop those myths we were told as children. And it was it was written by a gal by the name of Jen M. Jackson in Teen Vogue back in February 1st of 2020. Yes, Teen Vogue. Yeah. I will I will stoop to no, yeah, no depths to to uh to bring the truth, right? Uh she's an op-ed writer jen m jackson uh, she's uh, called an activist and an assistant assistant professor of political science at syracuse university now she starts out her uh, article this way she says when i was in high school a white boy in my honors english class said quote whole concept of black history is racist unquote history is history he said calling certain history, black is racist against everyone else. No. Now, for me, this is just common sense or as we as we know it today as uncommon sense. But listening to her amazement to the statement in in what she what is is saying here is just interesting to me. Now listen to what she says next. She says this. She says, this was the first time I heard someone voice concern about the existence of Black History Month. But later, when I shared the experience with my college boyfriend, he shared that that he, too, had heard rumblings from his white peers who felt Black History Month was unfair to them. He remembered how the issue became a huge deal in his high school. We sat in a small group of all black students on our dorm floor where only black students lived. A themed floor named after the first black student to graduate from the university. It was set aside for black students at the private, predominantly white college and meant to foster togetherness in a sea of Perpetual difference. Okay, so we have a university here that has set up a safe space for black students because they are having a difficult time grappling with the concept that they are not the majority race in this country. It is off limits to anyone of a different skin pigment and set aside just for them only. Now, first, first of all, how demeaning would it be to know that the university sees me as that weak and fragile, that I would need this? Second, how is this different than separate but equal policies? It's not. Anyone of of any other race doesn't have the opportunity to be a part of that dorm, even though the black students could be a part of any other dorm, but that special one is set aside only for them. Third, why are they so focused on the perpetual differences in skin color? We are told that everyone is equal and and we are, as, as the Bible says, we are all created by God. But when it comes to the black community they are told to focus on the quote sea of perpetual differences and and find safe spaces to foster togetherness with each other whatever happened to the diversity is our strength type thing because that is totally out the window at this point diversity can't be our strength if we're segregating ourselves into little groups and not allowing anyone else except those people into those groups and those spaces. And she goes on and says, quote, one kid even went so far as to write an article about it in our school paper. He said a few weeks later, he produced the article for us all to read. And it was written for a high school audience by a high schooler in 2001. Now, (laughs) this makes me wonder why someone would save an article for at least a couple of years here that they disagreed with so adamantly but let's go on it says quote over the past couple of weeks warriors have been reminded on the uh, on the morning announcements that february is black history month while at first glance black history month may appear to be a long overdue recognition of black contribution To American history. It is actually subtly racist against Blacks because of the unspoken separatist assumptions upon which the month is based. This is what it read. It said, Why do we have Black History Month rather than American History Month? And I would say to that, that's a very good question, (laughs) right? This question, read aloud from the paper by a friend, made every black team present in this dorm room grumble, she says. Grumble. I thought the white guy in my high school English class was a fluke. It took me reading that high school newspaper that day to take seriously that these were real concerns some white people might grapple with each February. And my peers and I were far too familiar with what non Black people meant when they preferred the descriptor American over Black. We shared the experience of being both Black and American, an experience that often feels as though the two are mutually exclusive. Okay, let me, let me stop here. It is interesting how these individuals see themselves as both black and american. I mean, I experience things. I experience being white. I experience being male. I experience being christian. I experience being scottish. I experience being swedish and, and welsh and I experience being english and 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 someone from norway and and and, and finnish. The the awesome thing about the U.S. is that we are a melting pot of so many people from around the world, so many races and so many faiths. We we all have different experiences, but guess what? We are all Americans. Unless you are illegally, of course, and then you're not American, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's another podcast, right? <laughs> Among the, the priceless gems in this critical essay two points stuck, uh, stru- uh, stuck out to me during my initial reading this is what she's saying okay she says two things stuck out to her about this crit as she puts it in quotes critical essay to emphasize the past contribution of one race while ignoring those made by others is ignoring the important links that bind us all together she says fundamentally he was concerned that teaching black history out of context in quotes, wouldn't effectively convey those lessons to the larger American public. I knew even back then as a college freshman that black Americans were not responsible for a general lack of context around American history. Shortly after the period of uh, reconstruction from roughly 1865 to 1865, 1877, Black Americans still lived in a state of perpetual racial terror from lynch mobs and state sanctioned violence in communities across the country, in both the North and the South. Black History Month began as Negro History Week in 1926, just 61 years after the passing of the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which legally abolished slavery, a uh, transcontinental institution that lasted for three centuries, get this, in North America, Latin America, and the Caribbean Islands. Now, let me stop. Here is a shining example of why we should not have Black History Month. This individual has studied and become familiar with what she thinks is black history she says black americans still lived in a state of perpetual racial terror from lynch mobs and state-sanctioned violence in communities across the country in both north and south (laughs) so all black americans were in perpetual state of racial terror right both north and south even though the you know the, we went to a war between the, the north and the south, that is just blatantly untrue. Obviously untrue. I mean the, the the definition of slavery here is she 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 says is a transcontinental institution that lasts for three lasted for three centuries in North America, Latin America, and the Caribbean islands. I mean slavery slavery's been around since almost the beginning of time. I mean it's it's it, it's in the Bible just read the Bible right that there there was a form of slavery back then oftentimes it was a little different but it was still slavery and we have less slavery in the world today than at any other time in history and much of that is thanks to the United States of America being the world power that 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 is the one thing that we can we can hang our hat on So she thinks she has learned the history of black people. And really, all she's learned is bad history and propaganda. Now, I'm not saying that there hasn't been or still are people that have racist thoughts and ideals. But what is taught as black history is all too often exaggerated or just simply not true. Now she goes on, she says, Dr. Carter G. Woodson, his historian and founder of Negro History Week is often called the father of black history for his efforts to honor and spread word of contributions black Americans have made uh, ensuring that their work was recognized and accounted for in the history books and narratives of mainstream American life. He chose February for the week-long celebration to coincide with the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. Over the following decades, civil rights activists around the country in concert with members of what is now known as the Association for the Study of African American Life and History or ASALH started by Woodson in 1915, began championing the cause, eventually expanding it into a full month of college campuses and in black communities where the week had been a regular observance for decades, including a multi-week celebrations in some of them. But it wasn't until 1976 that President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month, establishing it as a social norm and presidential standard for each administration following his own. <laughs> I, I, I guess I missed when White History Month was. I, I, I com- just completely missed missed that one. She goes on and says, unlike what the high school author of the newspaper essay implies, this month wasn't meant to start the conversation on the, pre- uh, the presence of black history within American history. To give a stage to the work Black Americans had already done and were continuing to do, whether others recognized it or not. And I say, what what is the difference in what she just said? What what is the difference? She says that that he's not he's not right, but then she just basically repeats what he said and says this is what's right. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But she goes on and says in his message on the. Um, significance of Black History Month, Ford said, quote, the last quarter century has finally witnessed significant strides in the full integration of Black people into every area of national life. In celebrating Black History Month, we can take satisfaction uh, from this recent progress in the realization of the ideas uh, envisioned by our founding fathers. But even more than this, we can seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history, unquote. This move codified, she says, the normalcy of Black History Month in giving public schools permission to celebrate the period without fear of, of uh, repercussion. Repercussion? <laughs> okay, we'll get that in a second. She says, although as Doreen St. Felix notes uh, for the New Yorker, the American public school system still underperforms where uh, year long black history lessons are concerned, a missed opportunity for earnest reflection. OK, OK, let's stop. Let's stop right here. <laughs> Our founding fathers envisioned everyone being equal. Yes, but they they did did not envision one race having special privileges over other races like we have today. How do we all too often neglect the accomplishments of black Americans, as she says here, what What are we neglecting? what 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 are we overlooking? What are we, as she'll say later, whitewashing. This last comment said, like it is a fact and that's outrageous why does a school need permission to celebrate black history and why would they have a fear of repercussion if they do from whom where are these repercussions coming from and she says the second this is the second thing she says and probably the most concerning um and commentary in in the newspaper piece, she said, quote, the last most sinister point is that Black History Month celebrates division rather than unification of the nation, thus fostering alienation rather than reconciliation. Civil rights leaders have been trying to, to prove for decades that racial differences are ultimately irrelevant, but Black History Month emphasizes these differences. Dr. King did not want blacks to be celebrated for the color of their skin. He wanted them to be recognized for the content of their character in a colorblind America. And I say to this, at this point, I am definitely wondering who wrote this newspaper article. I want to know what high school student is this articulate and outspoken. These points being made Are right on target. And the wisdom here is something to be celebrated, not condemned. This is exactly how we should look at Black History Month. And yet, this is not how this author or even many Blacks see it today. She says, The irony of these statements to me, this is what she's saying the irony of these statements to me rested in the fact that the writer as a white person was interpreting the aspirations of civil rights leaders like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The audacity of it, his whitewashed, anti-black, ahistorical retelling of King's goals was perplexing. Wow! Just wow! The writer as a white person? Who, Who is being the racist here? the writer that is that, that is calling for a color blind America, or the writer that is saying that this white person has no business saying these things because he is white, Which one's racist? How dare this white person interpret what MLK is saying? The audacity of it. You are white, my friend never speak about blacks again. This is what she's saying. This is so classic for a leftist. When when they have no substance to their position, they resort to name-calling and personal attacks. Here he is saying that, she's saying that he is whitewashed what what he said about King with an anti-black and a historical retelling. So let's review. <laughs> let's let let's review because he wrote what he did. He 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 wrote it as whitewashing, anti black, ahistorical retelling. Let's see if this is here again what he wrote. Okay. So let, let's see. He says the last most sinister point is that black history month celebrates division rather than unification of the nation thus fostering alienation rather than reconciliation (laughs) it does this by doing what liberals love to do and that is to divide us into small little special interest groups if i think of myself as a certain race instead of an an American, then I will work selfishly for that cause, right? Then I can be used because I am motivated to take action to support my special interest group. The problem comes when, it comes in when, when, when different special interest groups come in conflict with each other. Two examples of this would be when, like, for instance, women's rights run into the the wall of transgender special interest. (laughs) The the two can't get along with each other because one overrides the other. Or let's say when black owned businesses during BLM riots are looted and they're burned and they're destroyed, even though they have the we support BLM sign in the window. And they're com they're just completely confounded why that would happen. Civil rights leaders, he says, have been trying to prove for decades that racial differences are ultimately irrelevant. But Black History Month emphasizes these differences. Dr. King did not want blacks to be celebrated for the color of their skin. He wanted them to be recognized for the content of their character in a colorblind America. This, again, is entirely correct. This illustrates the 180 degrees that black leaders have taken in recent years. Under MLK, It was that we should judge someone based on their character. Today, we are to look first at the color of their skin. That's 180 degrees difference. How is any of this whitewashing, anti-black, ahistorical retelling? It's not. It is just name-calling and deflecting. All right, she says, To say that Black History Month... Is meant to celebrate racial different difference uh, deposits the uh, that this country and its capitalistic based bases are not fundamentally tied to racial, gender, or class differences. Those differences essentially constitute the American way of life. Of course, <laughs> of course, our, our our country is set up on on capitalism. It is that capitalism that 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 has propelled millions of people in this world into prosperity, no matter their race or or social status. Capitalism has literally saved millions of lives around the world, and yet you can you can hear the nastiness in which she writes about it. I I, I would have loved to hear why she thinks that capitalism is fundamentally tied to racial, gender, and class differences, but She doesn't tell us. She believes this because she has learned from her black history studies that she is a victim and someone who is oppressed. There is no hope for her except by the hands of woke, white, rich people that will throw her some crumbs. This is the American way of life to people that think this way. The the, The black Americans, she she says that black Americans have a month set aside to honor them outside of a white lens, outside of a white lens that has often framed them as criminal, negligent, or unworthy of historical reference isn't racist against anyone. It's a form of reparations. It's a form of reparations is what she says. Oh, so because they feel victimized. We owe them a special month because they feel that white people look down on them. Black History Month is a part of reparations. She goes on to say here that we live in a world where as late as 2015 an american textbook described the atlantic slave trade as bringing millions of workers from africa to the southern united states to work on agricultural plantations the true story is that humans were taken against their will transported to the bowels of ships so poorly kept they often died in transit sold into uh, channel slavery frequently maimed and forced to endure the terror of bondage throughout their lives. These acts were all performed in the name of preserving capitalism and building white wealth. They weren't meant to build one people to join us all under one color and creed as one race, one America. Those are myths we were told as children. So so I say here, She's saying slavery in this country was to build white wealth and preserve capitalism. How how can you tie those two things together? It's beyond me. She doesn't do it. She doesn't even try to do it here. She just puts it out there as fact. What about the Irish slave and and all, all those Irish slaves that were in this country were, were they there and were they here to, to, to build white wealth? Just doesn't make any sense. She says, American history, past and present, is rooted in white supremacy. There it is. And as Black Americans endure daily reminders that racial equality is not yet been achieved, we must embrace disruptive acts like celebrating those who are too often erased, even if it's just for 28 days. Her final thoughts here again show exactly why we should not have Black History Month. The history of this country is not rooted in white supremacy, past or present. If black Americans feel this way, it is because they are told this by their black leaders, that that woke white leftists trying to, to use them. This is not black history. It's bad history. Now, I know I I shouldn't be surprised, but I still am dumbfounded at times when I hear just how others see this country, how they buy into ideologies that have nothing to do with truth. How can we see the same country and and, and see it in two totally different ways? Well, let's, let's look a little closer into this on Wednesday, shall we? It's still going to be Black History Month, <laughs> all right? And you may agree with me on, on, on this type of stuff. You may not agree with me on this, and I would definitely love to hear from you. And you can do that at com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.